Hello everybody, hello, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, that's 9 Eastern for those that are mountain challenged. Thanks for being here, thanks for spending a bit of your Wednesday evening with us. We're gonna start with the shipping report like we always do. We have a giveaway for you. And uh, then we'll get to your questions and comments. So let's start with the shipping report. Much better than last week. Last week we had a, a big problem. Where it'll go down in history for us is the January 30th, 2023 shipping event. <laughs> Talked about that all last week. Got through all that. Everyone I think has been taken care of and everything. Um, yeah, bad week shipping last week. The worst we've ever had, honestly. Just a uh, plane got grounded, and once that happens, there's not much we can do. This week, I'm happy to report it's going much better. I see Cat with Corn Dog has a problem. I'll get with you, Cat and Corn Dog, a little later once we're done the shipping report and the giveaway. I want to know more about what's going on there. Um, but in general, I think we're doing a lot better. There, there was a couple losses this week, but nothing at all on par with last week. Just, just. Just a couple. So um, one of them that surprised me was uh, we sent some Phenacogrammus from Macobile. It's a Tetra from the Congo. It's a group that we've had for a while. We've shipped a lot of them out. We haven't had, they've been doing well for people. And uh, for some reason they didn't do well uh, this week. I'm, I, I have no idea why. So we'll resend and Maybe just something happened in transit that, you know, we'll never know. But that was the main issue we had. There was one or two other little things as well, but that was the, the main thing. So to that customer and any other customer that had trouble this week, um, sorry about that. But in general, we're doing a lot better. Now, Random Arms is tied up, and I haven't got the actual percentage for the these last 12 months from him. So that might come in a little later. Um, if he joins us, but there's some uh, family stuff, birthday celebrations and things that he's, he's doing, so I don't know if we'll get that tonight, but in general, it's going, going pretty well. Oh, Cat with Corn Dog is clarifying. It was part, probably part of the last week report. I had all the live bears, sword tails and such. I think it was part of the hell delay shit. Yeah, so if we, we had a, we shipped last week Cat and Corn Dog in, Everything we shipped that day was delayed. The entire plane full of our cargo was grounded. So, yeah, I'm sorry about that. So if you missed la last week's report, Cat and Corn Dog, we went over all that. So sorry, though. Um, to anyone that bought fish last week, I'm, I'm just sorry. Like, things did not go our way. But we're moving onward, and this week it's been a lot better. So, yeah. So that's the report. I'll get you actual numbers next week or maybe a little later tonight. Um, Random Arms will be able to check in and, and give me the actual percentage. He's the guy that has the formula and, and runs all those numbers. So I don't have the exact percentage with me, but it's going up. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. All right. Um, going to do the giveaway here. So I was looking around the the warehouse and I was like what haven't I done a giveaway of yet that looks really good and I was walking around looking at all the tanks and the red tuxedo sword tails grabbed my eye they look pretty darn nice so um, we are going to uh, 
do a giveaway for those. For those that don't know what that fish is, it's a, a liber. It's a, it's a sword tail, but they have this red color with some black markings down the body. This is what they call a tuxedo marking, this kind of black down the body. You can get it in guppies as well. This is the tuxedo on a guppy. And on the yellow guppies here, that tuxedo pattern as well. So we'll be sending you a pair of these sword tails um, if you win the giveaway. And if you're interested in winning some sword tails, enter hashtag TuxTime in the chat. That's hashtag T-U-X-T-I-M-E. Hashtag T-U-X-T-I-M-E. No spaces, capitalization does not matter. And you enter that in the chat and a little later we'll do a random drawing and see who won. Who won some of those sword tails. And by the way, our picture, this isn't a great picture. They're actually a lot more red than that. This, this is kind of overexposed and is washed out, the red. It looks like a light orange here. It's, it's, a, it's a better color than we have in our picture, for sure. But that's the picture I could take on the day, so sometimes that's what you get. <laughs> I ain't no photographer, that's for sure. A little later tonight, at the end of, not during the stream, but at the very end of the stream, um, here's a link when we're done. My wife's going to be singing. She had to skip last week, but she's back this week, and she's doing a three-part harmony with herself. So... That's kind of cool. So here's a quick link to uh, Brenda's uh, video that, that we'll be going to uh, after the stream is done. So about 8.30 we'll head over there for those that are wondering. And that, um, yeah, that's the shipping report and the giveaway. Got some new fish in today that I'm excited about. We got them from some hobbyist breeders and some killifish and a really neat strain of dragon guppy. They're, they're very pretty. So I'll be releasing those in a couple weeks but I want to thank those folks that sent us those fish we always like buying fish from hobbyists if you're a hobbyist and you breed fish and you have some extras that you would like to sell please send us an email hello at dancefish.com that's h-e-l-l-o at dancefish.com and we'll see if we can uh, do some business together we can't always but often we can and just so you know up front, we pay 25% of the retail costs landed. That's what we can afford to pay. So usually it makes sense if you have a nice big group of fish, but if, if you don't have, if you just got onesies and twosies, it's probably not gonna work. Unless it happens to be like that holy grail fish or something, then I'll be like, okay, we'll make that work. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So that happened today and then we're, working on a very large import that should come in later this month. I am very excited about it and I can't tell you any more details than that, but we have a large import coming later this month that I think is going to be spectacular. And we have a bunch of fish that will be released for sale a little later this week. Got to import in about a week and a half ago, so we'll list them at the end of this week and it will be two weeks or more before we ship them starting Monday of next week. So. That should all work out. And so keep your eyes tuned for a video. I'm gonna uh, film the video tomorrow. It might take me a little while to edit it and get it rendered and all that stuff, but I, I hope to release that video at the same time we release the fish for sale. And I'll release the video to the members first so they get first glimpse. There's lots of times when we bring in a species that's rare or a little hard to get or someone's been waiting for for a while and we list it for sale and it sells out 
it sells out right away. And so one of the perks to our members is you get to see the video of what's available before anyone else does. So maybe that'll give you a little little heads up, a little bonus, I guess, for being a member. So we're, we're trying to think of some things to do to uh, make the membership more fun, <laughs> give a little value to those that have given value to us, basically. So thanks to all the members, and I'll be giving you guys the video at least a few hours before it goes out to the general public. Okay, with that, let's get to your questions and comments. That was quick. It's only 7.09, and I'm already done with the announcements. Is that a record? That might be a record. <laughs> let's get to your questions and comments. Oh, wait, did... Did Bunny Viper say they're, they're wearing... Who else is sporting their dance fish shirt right now? Yeah! <laughs> Bunny Viper, which one do you have? Do you have the this one with the, the logo on it? Or did you get the guppy? I, I'm curious which one you have. And we will be posting... Uh, for those that don't know, we have some, some merch for sale. If you go to our YouTube channel here... YouTube channel, if you go over to uh, store, then you can see a bunch of merch for sale. And by the way, the Bosmani Rainbow Fish is going back up. Oh, it looks like it's some of it's still up there. That's good. I got a notice from Teespring today that they had taken it down because their algorithm had, had flagged it as like inappropriate or copyright infringement or something like that. The Bosmani Rainbow Fish merch. So... I put in a thing and said, uh, I don't think so. We designed that, so there's no copyright infringement. Like, we literally did that. Bex designed that from scratch. And uh, it's a picture of a fish, so I don't think anyone's going to be offended. And they got back and said, oh, our bad. We'll get it so you can repost that soon. So I'm still waiting for that. But as soon as, they, as, soon as that can happen, then the, uh, the Bosmani Rainbow Fish merch will be back up in full force. There's a few things up right now, it looks like, but uh, a lot of it got taken down. I don't know. When you give control to the robots, funny things happen. So that happened. <laughs> okay, scrolling up to look for questions and comments. If you have a question or comment for me, go ahead and throw it in the chat. And if you type at Dan's Fish, it'll highlight for me like this, these bright orange blocks, and then I will get to it a lot quicker. If you don't do that, I tend to not see it. Before I get to your questions and comments, though, I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do every week. Thanks to the Mod Squad. Appreciate you guys. Leo209 Aquatics. Hi, the Puffer is doing amazing so far. He isn't angry anymore. Unlike yesterday, woke him up from his warm, cozy nap in the box. Well, I'm glad he arrived warm and cozy to you. Glad he's settling in. And I, I look forward to the occasional report, Leo, as you have your wet pet and enjoy him over the years. I, I hope that goes well for you. Puffers are amazing. They're just full of personality. Even a pea puffer. It's not about size with puffers. It's about personality. And they all have it. They all eat. Even the dragon puffers. Yeah, they sit there like a little potato. But they're still smart and interactive and they have personality. Cat with corn dog. My whole box was lost. Was so bummed. Looking forward to the swords and molly. Oh, that, that was from the fiasco last week. Yeah. Sorry about that. A lot of people lost their fish that we shipped on last week just because the, like, the plane got grounded and 
So they sat outside in like super, super cold, below zero temperatures for 24 hours. It wasn't good. The good news is we don't have to say stuff like that very often at all. That is definitely the exception. The rare, rare, rare exception. But I have a feeling that for the next couple weeks we'll still be, uh, you know, <laughs> feeling the, uh, the pain from that. Uh, it's going to take a little while for that to, to fade from memory. It was traumatic, that's for sure. Matt, my coryzabrosis are doing great. Amazing as usual. I'm glad you got that fish. Those are such a cool little pygmy cory. So for those that don't know, you have your coryzabrosis, histatus, and um, pygmaea are the three main ones in the hobby that stay really itty-bitty, little pygmies. And I like the brosis a lot because they have a neat pattern on the body. I like the pygmies too. They're, they're all neat, but... Man, I'm glad you got those. It's a good batch that we have, so hopefully they'll do well with you. Jacob Metzer, untie him. Who do I have tied up? Coral Works, untie him. Oh, ran we were talking about random arms at the time. Yeah. <laughs> You're on to me, I guess. Leo, 209 Aquatics. The puffer is doing amazing. You guys are the best. He was ornery little fella yesterday out of the box. While he was in quarantine, should I do two water changes a week or more since a 10 quart? 10 quart? A 10 quarantine. I think you're saying it's a 10 gallon quarantine. So it depends on how you quarantine. I would definitely keep the water clean though. And if that means doing a couple of water changes a week, then for sure. Um, I, I don't know if you are using antibiotics and therefore you can't filter it with biological media. Uh, then, yeah, in those cases, when I'm medicating fish and whatever medicine I'm using is going to kill the nitrifying bacteria, then I change the water every day, sometimes twice a day, just because I don't want ammonia building up in that water. If you just have them in a quarantine tank and there's a, an active filter in there and everything cycled up and everything, then um, then you probably don't need to worry about it too much. Although. Every tank's different, right? Every tank is a little environment that we've set up. A little artificial environment. And it depends on the environment that's been set up. If it's an environment that's been set up and there's tons of nitrifying bacteria in there, then it's almost that the size of the tank doesn't matter as much. It's the amount of surface area and the bacteria colony that matters. So if it's 10 gallon, but before you put the puffer in there, you were able to quarantine, I don't know, 50 guppies in there, and they were all fine, and the, the nitrifying bacteria that's established could handle that bio-load, then they can probably handle the, the puffer with no problem. But if it's a new tank that was just set up for quarantine specifically, I would change it often. And I probably wouldn't feed that often either, because in a, ammonia will kill the puffer a lot more quickly than not eating for a little bit as it settles in. And all the puffers we send out are, are fat and sassy, and they can afford to go a little while without eating before they're going to lose body weight or anything like that. So I would err on the side of no ammonia versus the side of full belly constantly during the quarantine process. Um, but Leo, without knowing the specifics of your quarantine environment, I, I don't know what else to say. Other than I'm glad you got him, and I hope he does well for you. Okay, tux time, tux time. There's a lot of tux time happening. 
Matt, I don't mind the bad picks because then I'm often pleasantly surprised when they arrive. Yes, under-promise, over-deliver, right? Yeah. Although, I do need to get better, pit, better pitchers because it is something that really helps fish sales when you're an online fish company. If you have bad pitchers, you don't sell very many. And we know this because there's often times when we'll have a bad pitcher, no pitcher of a fish, or just a pitcher that isn't great, and we won't sell them, won't sell them. Then I finally get a good pitcher. I, I find the time. I go take the pictures. I change the pitcher, and suddenly they sell out. So it's kind of important for business for me for us to do that. And we're we're doing that as we can, taking pictures, making videos, and uh, getting uh, descriptions written on the website. We'll never be caught up though. There's the only way we would ever be caught up is if there was a standard stock list we had and we didn't vary from it. But we bring in new stuff all the time. And so if we get a bunch of new species in, then, okay, you're starting from scratch. You have to get the pictures, you have to get the video, you have to write the description, and all that stuff takes quite a bit of time. So we'll never be caught up. But I'm glad, Matt, that, uh, that it works for you. <laughs> Okay, scrolling because chat jumped on me. Brian, thanks for being a member of the Fishmonger crew, Brian. Hey, looky here, I made a live stream. Hi, everybody. Hi, at Dance Fish. Working on those killifish. May need more tanks. Hey, Brian. Hello, right back. And yes, killifish are amazing. And I hope you can breed a ton of them. And I hope I can buy them all from you. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to get killifish. I'm working on it. Working on it. Crypt Keeper Aquatics. Is there a certain number of shrimp you like to buy at a time? Yeah, I generally like to buy 100 or so. 100 to 200 shrimp at a time. We have 40 gallon breeder tanks. That's our smallest aquarium. And if you only have a few shrimp in there, you almost can't find them. If you have 100 shrimp in there, you look in the tank and you're like, oh, I can see some shrimp. but. So I like that. I mean, maybe 50. We might go as low as 50. And, you know, if they're super rare or super amazing, maybe even less than that. And if you have lines that breed true, then then we're, we're pretty interested. I, I'll often buy shrimp. Like, what, what is it? There's one we bought from a hobbyist and one we bought from an industry supplier. And I'm going to get them mixed up but one is a black really shrimp or black crystal really or I forget the actual name and the other is like a blue really shrimp or something the one from the hobbyist looks great the one from the industry they're healthy they're breeding like rabbits but you know how on the really shrimp well let's just show you On, on really shrimp, what you're looking for is this white center, right? This colorless center, a nice clear band of white, like that. In the ones that we got, this, this clear area here that is what you would expect on a really has a lot of color in it. It's blotchy and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I see how this came from a really line, but it's not set very well. It's, it's a muddy line, and then it makes it really difficult for us to sell them. We get, you know, just stuck with these shrimp because I don't even know what to call them when they come in and they're really muddy. 
because if I call them really shrimp and people buy them, they're going to be very disappointed because it's, it's, it doesn't have that clear band. So, or if someone does buy some shrimp from us and they look perfect, but they, the person breeds them and, and the babies come out and they're not, they don't look good, that's pretty disappointing too. So ideally what we find is shrimp that look good and their babies are going to look like they should for the most part, right? You, you have to cull a little bit, but that's ideally what we're looking for on shrimp or fish. Same thing. Orange cones. Random arms is all tied up. I absolutely insist he be untied immediately. <laughs> I will untie random arms, but I can't be responsible for anything he does once I untie him. The universe may end. Spinster sister, any chance for blue coral platies this spring? Yes, I, I do think I'll be bringing some more in. I, I have some right now. They're just all males. I think we're out of females. But I'll probably wait a little while, spinster sister, before I bring more in just because when I bring a large number of something in and it, it takes a little while for those to sell off, and as you get to the end of the batch, it takes longer and longer for them to sell because our customer base has already bought what they want of that particular species, that particular variety of fish. So once they sell out, when that's been the selling um, cadence or whatever you want to call it, that, ooh, it took a while for these to sell out because at first they sold really well and then it took a long time to sell from there, that's when I know our customer base has kind of been saturated with that fish. So generally what I do in cases like that is I wait a little while before I bring them in again, maybe a, a couple months or so. Just because if I bring in a whole bunch more and there's still no demand for them, that's, that's pretty bad for business. So I'm going to wait a little while and then I will bring more in. And it, will it be this spring? Probably. I really like uh, the supplier that we got those from. They're hardy and they're beautiful, so I do plan to bring more in. I just have to be careful on the timing. Bunny Viper Aquatics ordered gray with the guppy. All right, yeah. Yeah, I like I like Beck's designs a lot. I, I think she did a good job on all the designs. And we have some more coming up. I, I can't wait. I actually need to um, buy some samples so that maybe I'll have them in time for their release so I can wear them and show them to you when I actually release them to you guys. But we have uh, a really neat design for March and for April. And we're working on uh, on some others past that as well. Matt M, any progress on a good source of Aplicylus blockii or dei? Yes and no. Um, I have been talking to a supplier from Sri Lanka. Both those species are going to come from Sri Lanka. But the issue is, as of now, that supplier doesn't have enough other things that I would like to bring in as well for me to do a, an import from them. So I would definitely buy the Dei and the Blockii or any other things like that for sure. But besides those species, they don't have a lot more that I'm interested in bringing in. So I can't bring in 10 boxes of just those two species. And you can't do an import of like less than 10 boxes or it doesn't really work. Ideally, you do 20 boxes, 40 boxes, something like that. But 10 is kind of the bare minimum that I'll even consider, just because it doesn't work 
less than that. And it's usually the minimum they'll consider as well. The exporter doesn't want to ship less than 10. And uh, yeah, two species doesn't, I can't fill up the boxes with just two species. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm running into right now. But I love those two fish. Dei is one of my all-time favorite fish. It's one of the first ones I, I ever kept in bread. And when I was a kid, I kept them and I bred them. And I sold some of the ones that I bred to Dr. Harry Specht. For those that maybe have been in the AKA for a long time, uh, Dr. Specht used to be uh, a chairman of the AKA. He always wore a little bow tie, a gentleman from Florida. He actually bought them from me and he bred them and wrote an article on them that appeared in the uh, in JACA, the Journal of the American Killifish Association, way back in the day. So. Um, I was probably, how old was I at the time? I was maybe 15 at the time. So that was, a, that was pretty cool for me to see. So yeah, Dei is one that I love just because not only are they pretty and neat, but they've been uh, with me from the beginning. Matt, I actually own the copyright to the rainbow fish in all likenesses. Sorry, my lawyers will be contacting you shortly. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice <laughs> coming at us for everything we got well I think I got a quarter somewhere Matt it's yours Elaine Wagner what does shipping run for us we start shipping it oh what is it $34.99 I think I think it's $34.99 and goes up from there or it might be $39.99. Oh man, I don't even know it. <laughs> Johnny, help! <laughs> Let's go look. I think it's $39.99. Okay, so let's see here. If we just do a dummy order real quick. Oh, that's gonna have addresses and stuff on it. Can't really do that. I think it's $39.99 at the moment. So that's where it starts and it goes up from there. It just depends on which size box you're getting. Hang on, let me transition over here. There we go. Lee DiBiase. Welcome to the Fishmonger Crew. Hey Lee, thanks for joining up. Glad that you became a member. Thanks for uh, supporting us. We really appreciate it. Um, so Elaine, our, our shipping definitely is not cheap. But it's UPS Next Day Air, and it's, it's just hard to find next day services that are actually generally reliable. No one's reliable 100%, but generally reliable for less. So shipping's a little pricey because it's Next Day Air, but the fish will get to you in much better shape that way. Hey, Train, do you know of anyone in chat, do you know or anyone in chat know about conservation groups or organizations focused on protecting freshwater ecosystems and fish or other aquatic organisms. Glad this week is better. Yeah, I would start with Project Piaba or CARES. So Project Piaba is a organization that helps support the responsible um, sourcing of fish from the wild. So like well, if you research it, you'll find all kinds of videos about Project Piaba. You'll see uh, all kinds of information on websites about them. But basically, the idea is that if you make aquarium fish a economic resource for folks 
that live where the aquarium fish are native to, say down in the Amazon or whatever, if they can make money by collecting those fish and selling them to the aquarium industry, then they have an incentive to responsibly harvest those fish so that they're around for a while and to protect the habitat that those fish come from. So the, the main culprit for freshwater fish uh, being endangered and going extinct and stuff is habitat destruction. That's the main thing. So you incentivize people to protect the habitat because they make their living collecting those fish, then they're incentivized to protect that habitat. That's kind of the entire uh, philosophy behind Project Piaba. And then CARES is a, an organization of aquarists who keep and breed species that are endangered or extinct in the wild. And everyone that keeps and breed those, breeds those is put in this database. So we know, oh, this extinct species, okay, how many people are keeping it? And they can exchange genetic uh, material and things to keep their strains from being inbred. And in general, it's an organization around preserving fish through keeping them and breeding them in aquariums. So A-Train, those are two places to start. Sheller Aquatics, Sturby came in today late, but are swimming and eating. Thank you. Okay, I'm glad that they're doing well for you. Bunny and Viper Aquatics, I was tickled pink that you chose both my peepa from Clouded Archer Picks on your site. Thank you. Hey, thanks for sending us the pictures. We appreciate it. <laughs> tickled pink. I wonder where that comes from. Probably when you're like tickling your two-year-old and they laugh so hard their, their face turns beet red. That's probably where that comes from. Brenton Fender, what options are there for a year-round outdoor tub in climates that get cold weather? Oh, several. Um, the rice fish come to mind immediately. There's lots of Native American fish uh, from you know the United States that come to mind. There's lots of fish from Korea and China that come to mind. Paradise fish, for example. But... Uh, white clouds, rice fish, paradise fish, rainbow shiners. Uh, there's a start, but there's a lot more than that. The Fish Guy 5. Are you getting more different African tetras ASAP? No, we're not for a while. Um, I don't know how many ways I can say this. The supply lines out of Africa are horrible to non-existent right now. So it's really hard to get stuff. So we've tried... And the last person we tried did a horrible job, so we're not going to buy from them anymore. So I have to wait until I find someone else who seems like maybe they are going to do a good job and treat the fish correctly. And then maybe I'll try again. But you have to understand, every time we try a new supplier, it's a massive risk. We're, we have to import 10 to 20 boxes of fish, many, many, many thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars on the line. We've done imports that are worth... I don't know, well over $100,000. And what if the person doesn't do a good job and, and they all die on you? Not only is that bad, because we're doing our best to make sure uh, fish are treated humanely in this industry. We don't want to deal with any other kind of operation. So not only did we facilitate the death of a bunch of fish in those cases, but we're also out a ton of money. So no, we, there's not any good supply lines right now from any of the Congo areas or anything like that. 
Now, when I can find one and vet them and they seem like they're going to do a good job, maybe I'll try one. But it's not like reputable ones just pop up every day. Irreputable ones pop up every day. Like we get emails frequently from people that are like, hey, I'm selling these fish. And I'm like, yeah, I will send you money and never hear from you again. That happens a lot. But as far as actual good vetted suppliers that know what they're doing, um, man, I would love to get more fish out of the Congo, but there aren't that many. Now, there is one gentleman I know in Nigeria that I do trust, that I've used a few times, but there's not a lot of demand for most of the species out of Nigeria. There's a few species that there's demand for, but again, you have to bring in 10 to 20 boxes, and so uh, you can't bring in 10 to 20 boxes of like three or four species right you have to have more than that they'll literally put let's see if there's two bags some of the fish they'll pack like there's a lot of fish in a box now for us we actually do less because we want the fish to be treated right but it's a lot of fish you have to bring in to do an import and yeah we just it's not something you can just do casually so no, like lots of different African tetras, uh, you're gonna be waiting for quite a while. Lee DiBiasio, DiBiasio. I think I might have even said that right. Oh, I already welcomed you. <laughs> Welcome again, Tom Bennett. Hi Dan, what's your opinion about adding an H-inch pistachus? So hang on, I don't, I don't know this fish. Is that Hoplocaris pistachus? Let's take a look at what this fish is. Okay, how do you say this? Hoplarchus pistachus? Oh, you're talking about paracyclids. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, paracyclids. Yes. Um, hang on, what's the question? To 150 gallon of smaller cichlids, I've had issues with aggression from this individual in the past and a 75 gallon, are they all mean fish? Well, Tom, man, I wish I could help you out better, but I've never kept parrot cichlids, ever. So I don't know. I don't have experience with that fish. Luckily, though, I'm not the only one in this stream. There's lots of people in here. Anyone here that's kept parrot cichlids, would you chime in and send a message to Tom in the chat and let him know your experience with them? Because I hate to chime in and give bad information because I don't have any direct, you know, firsthand primary source type experience with that fish. So, Tom, thank you so much for the super chat. Sorry I couldn't help you. I always feel bad when people throw money at us expecting an answer and then I don't give them an answer but I think it's better to be upfront and honest about it than to give you a bad answer right so hopefully that's worth something <laughs> this name <laughs> Jeez. passing wind all right <laughs> what is the difference between the fire eye and the coolie loaches oh massive difference Massive difference. So coolie loaches are like a long worm. <laughs> and fire eye, 
fire eye loaches look like this. Like, they, they look completely different. These look more like a... Oh, I don't know if I can go to the actual website here, but these look more like a hovering loach or something like that than a coolie loach. So, this is a pretty standard looking loach here, right? Pretty standard looking fish. And then you can compare that to the coolie loach. Very different. It's a worm. So, yeah, just completely different looking fish, I would say. Nathan Hovey, not that it would be a problem, not that it's would be a problem, okay, not that it would be a problem, but is shipping included in the giveaways? Oh yeah, I I never do a giveaway and then expect you to pay anything. So if you win a giveaway, it's not going to cost you anything. Shipping or, or nothing. No. Also, we'll see any plants making it into the giveaways. Yeah, we'll probably do some plants. Um, I haven't tried that yet. But yeah, we'll probably do some plants eventually. I don't have any like specific plans to do it, but I don't have any plans to not do it either. So, yeah, I would say that could happen. But yeah, no, all you have to do for the giveaway is enter in the chat, have your name drawn, respond, and, and we'll send it to you. That's it. I'm not, I'm not going to give you a free gift and say, hey, now to get it, you have to pay me 50 bucks shipping. No. <laughs> I eat the shipping. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you've won a pair of red tuxedo sword tails. Shipping will be $100, please. Like, there's nothing like that happening. <laughs> Harry F. Sanders Third. Will you be getting any Heroes Liberifer back in stock? So that's the uh, mouth-brooding Severum, I believe. At some point, you're the only place I've seen that has them listed in there at the top of my wish list. Yes, Harry, um, I do plan on getting those. The import I'm bringing in at the end of this month um, is from the person that breeds those along with several other species. However, they didn't have any available this month, so I won't be bringing in on this import. But that is a fish that I do plan on bringing in. It might be the only Severum I plan on bringing in because they actually look different enough that I can tell them apart from the other species, and they do tend to sell fairly well for us. But the breeder didn't have any available this go-around. So I'll try again next go-around, and if they have them available, then I do plan on bringing them in. Leo209 Aquatics. No medicine, just want to keep an eye on him for two weeks to be safe with a sponge filter. Okay, so we're talking about a, a puffer, and this is a description of the quarantine tank. Doesn't have any medicine in it, just keeping an eye on him for two weeks to be safe with a sponge filter and a tidal filter. Worth adding Purigen to help? So... I wouldn't mess with it at all. I would just use dechlorinated, gassed off H, steady, you know, stable water. And if you have a nice cycled sponge filter in there and a tidal filter, and they're they're full of nitrifying bacteria, they're not new, they're from established tanks, then I think you're good. That sounds good to me. I'd keep an eye on parameters though. But in a tank like that, I think you could feed him regularly. And you're probably fine doing a water change just once a week or whatever as per normal unless your readings show that you're getting a tick of ammonia or what have you. There's always a chance 
when you take a filter from an established tank and put it in a new tank, that something could um, harm the bacteria, the bacteria colony in that filter. So I, I would keep an eye on the parameters and test for ammonia nitrite for sure. But in general, if those are well-established filters, then you're probably going to be okay and you can feed and change water as normal. Now, if the established tank that you took them from is a 55-gallon aquarium with two guppies in it, then they're not producing that much waste, so you're probably not dealing with a large bio load, in which case you're going to need to change the water more, right? But if it came from an established 55-gallon, let's say, that's it's got lots of fish in it and has been steady and, and no problems for five months and everyone's good, then they're going to have a ton of bacteria in them because they're coming from a tank with a high bio load. So they should be able to handle the bio load of one puffer. So there's, there's all kinds of factors to... Like if I was there and I saw the tank they came from and I knew about it and saw the tank they're going in, I could give you a much quicker answer. But it's all about bio load and if the filters you moved over have enough bacteria in them to handle that bio load so if they do you're probably fine but test for sure that i mean the worst thing that can do is you test and you don't find any problems that's the worst thing chance larson well the worst thing is if you test and you do find problems but let's say you test all that and you don't find problems oh well you wasted a few tests but you didn't have any problems that's good Chance Larson, I was looking at your yellow jungle endlers and seeing this line is not set in the description. Does that mean they tend to throw different colors if bred? So those are tiger endlers is what they are. But I'm trying to be honest in our descriptions. And so some of them look like these, right? They have clear stripes on them. But some of them look like these. Maybe there's some stripes, but then you've also got like this leopard print in there. And then some of them look like, let's see here. I don't like this. There's no stripes. You've just got kind of this print on there. So tiger endlers, I think most people that have been around for a while understand that if you buy a tiger endler, it's highly variable. Like, look at this. This is, you know, it's kind of tigery. But what I'm always afraid of is that someone who isn't familiar with them or like, wow, look at that. Like, they're kind of tigery, I guess. Oh, I'm not showing these. I'm so bad at my job. Sorry. Or was I showing them before and I just switched? Anyway, the tiger endler is highly variable. Some of them don't really have any stripes. Some of them have very clear stripes. Some of them have um, whatever that is, like highly, highly variable. So what I worry about is if I list something as a tiger endler and someone buys them and what they get is something that doesn't have clear stripes on them, that they're going to be disappointed. So I was like, I don't think tiger endler is a good description for what we have. Some of them look like tigers. Some of them look like I don't know, leopards and everything in between. There's all kinds of different prints. So I wasn't comfortable calling them tiger endler. So I was like, I think if we call them jungle cat or jungle print endler, that's 
more accurate. And someone buying Endlers for the very first time, not knowing the nuances of Endlers, will get those and not be disappointed. So that's why I call them that. But no, I think that they'll breed true. It's just some of them are stripy and some of them look leopardy and some of them look like everything in between, like you, like you get from tiger endler strains. So that's really what it is. So if you breed them, I think that the babies will look more or less like what you would expect. They're not going to throw reds or anything like that, as far as I can tell. I just don't think tiger is honest. Black Powder Aquatics throwing down 10... 10 units of some denomination. I'm not sure what a dollar is. Is that Australian dollars? But anyway, just cause. Hey, thanks Black Powder Aquatics. I really appreciate that. Uh, always appreciated, never required, but it's awesome when money falls out of the computer screen onto our laps. It really helps, so thank you. And Kelly Foreman, I hope you get more of those eels because everyone who's seen mine now wants them. I'm trying, I bought the breeder out. Uh, I there are no more available for a while. I, I cleaned them out. So as soon as they have more though, yes, I will definitely be bringing more in. And like every time they list them, I buy them out. They list 40, I order 100, maybe I'll get 20. That's kind of how it works. So I'm always trying to get all the ones I can. But there's only one source I know of that has those and They just, when you're buying from hobbyist breeders, um, the odds that they have bajillions of them are not great, right? There's a limited production. But I'm glad you like yours. I like them too. I think they're pretty awesome. And so far, the largest that they've grown for anyone so far is, oh, like, there was a comment in a video about it. I think, was it six inches? So, so far, none of them have got too big. I, I, I'm curious though, as, as anyone that's bought those from us keeps them over time, if any of them get turned into monsters, please let me know. As far as I know, those are gonna stay maybe around the seven inch mark, give or take a bit. But if I'm wrong, I wanna know as soon as possible. So there are some folks that have bought them from us. I think, when was the first time we brought those in? It's maybe two years or something like that. Year and a half, something like that. So, so far, no one's uh, reported that they've got, you know, larger than we would expect them to get. But it's only been a year and a half. Maybe they just grow really slow. I'm not quite sure. So I want to be upfront about that. But as far as I know, they're going to stay small. And they look amazing. They really are the coolest eel ever. Red tails, bright, not bright, but really distinct, you know, spots on, on the uh, dorsal side of the tail. I, I think they're amazing, too. And not nearly as shy as most deals. So, yeah, as soon as I can, I'll get more in. That's for sure. All right. So, so I, a little more on the tiger endler thing. So, I'm always torn when I am doing this. So, what I'm trying to do is not use a name that's misleading. But then part of me also wonders, I'm like, is this so well established, this name and all its variations, that if I use a different name, now I'm just adding to the confusion? And I don't know. So what I usually decide on is 
someone who's never bought fish before and doesn't know anything about the fish goes to buy it, what's going to be the least confusing for them? And so I think Jungle Print Endler is less confusing than Tiger Endler when you get a fish that isn't tiger striped. I mean, maybe you do. About half of them have tiger stripes. Half of them have, uh, you know, leopard print. So anyway, moving on. That just something. It's on my mind, though. It's it's something I always wonder about. I'm uh, like, what's the right call there? I still don't know in every case. I just make the best decision I can and hope it's right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest today, it's Pippi Longstocking. Hey, look at that. Pippi's here putting a little pep in our step. Thanks, Kayler's Aquatics and Reptiles for sharing the Pippi with us. We appreciate it. One of my favorite books as a child, Pippi Longstocking. Catherine Kennedy, can you recommend a dither fish for a 55 gallon that won't get eaten by my leopard tenopoma? Mmm. Yeah, so like leopard tendapomas are gonna get what six inches? Seven inches, maybe? Is it four inches? Let's call it let's just say they get six, seven inches. Okay, what's the biggest leopard tenopoma? Okay, let's see. Can we see anything here from Seriously Fish? Okay, they're generally fairly reliable, more than most websites. 15 centimeters, so that's about seven inches. Oh, six inches, okay, 5.9, so around six inches. All right, they have a pretty big mouth though. I mean, Congo Tetras get pretty big, so if you've got a, a group of Congo Tetras, and they were large Congo Tetras, not babies, that might do okay for you. I'm, I'm trying to think of stuff that's really deep-bodied. Um, I don't know if there's so much dither fish. Did you see how big your tank is? Uh, it's a 55-gallon. I was going to say silver dollars, but they're going to get too big. But something like that, something like silver dollar shaped, but that doesn't get too big, but also doesn't stay too small. I, I think bleeding heart tetras might be too small for a full-grown tenopoma. I don't know. I'm going to have to put this one out there to the hive mind. What is, I'm an angelfish, but you're talking about ditherfish, so I'm thinking that you want something that's more like an active kind of swimming tetra type thing when you say that. I don't know. Hive mind, what do you think? What's a kerosene that would be a good dither fish that's like deep body, like a silver dollar that only gets two inches? Something like that would probably be a perfect solution. Cosmin, when you say 10 to 20 boxes, how many fish is that for the average size fish? Oh, it totally depends. Like you might get one large fish in a box or you might get um, a thousand small fish in a box. It just depends uh, on the size of the, like, what is the average size fish? I don't even know. 
but if it's small fish, like say the fish are about an inch, then it's a lot. It's it's probably let's see here. Call it a thousand, maybe. It depends on the fish, depends on how well they ship, it depends on who the supplier is. Uh, I generally have my suppliers pack in half density, or sometimes less actually, because I don't like the overcrowding, but it's a lot of fish. Michigan Fish again. Thanks, Johnny. I certainly will check that out. Johnny's here? Oh, good. Oh, good. I've got backup. Someone who can tell me things like how much our shipping is. Johnny, our lowest shipping is 30, 39 bucks. Is that right? I think that's right. For next day air. Someone asked me what's shipping, and I, I blinked. I blinked. I think it's 39 And just so people know, we lose a little bit of money on every box we ship. Like, we're, we're, we don't make money on shipping. We lose money on shipping. Our goal is to break even. But our goal is also to not charge any more than we don't want to make money on shipping. That's, shipping is obviously a big barrier to entry, right? People um, that want to buy fish online, the cost of shipping is a, a, a big barrier in that process for them. So we try to keep it as low as we can, but we also can't lose money on shipping. So we try to break even on shipping and we, we just just lose a tiny bit each box we send. So. I know it's a lot, but we're not making money on it. If we were, we would lower it. DJ Sus. Yeah, new suppliers sound like a gamble. When you deal in livestock, you risk you risk dealing in dead stock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we want livestock, not dead stock. The Fish Guy 5, thanks a million for the vital information. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for participating. I wish I could snap my fingers and get some healthy nice fish out of the Congo for you, but it's a, it's a rough area. Mountain Greenery. Look sharp. Nice haircut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I found my face the other day. Like, my goal uh, all last week was, okay, Saturday, I'm going to cut my hair and shave. That was my big goal. And I did it, by golly. It happened. <laughs> Thanks, Mountain Greenery. I found my face. Okay, Harry F. Sanders the third. Okay, awesome. It's good to hear that they will be available again. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. And I meant no offense by my aristocratic voice. Sorry, that was probably terrible. Especially if that's like your real true given name. Then I apologize. <laughs> but I don't know. It feels a little, little aristocratic-y to me. Harry F. Sanders the third. There's something about the third that feels very royal. So, yeah. Joe Sneed. I got some red-tailed gadaids from you a few weeks ago, and they've already dropped fry. Nothing like looking into an aquarium and seeing fry. I'm glad to hear that, Joe, especially for gadaids, because almost all the gadaids are endangered. Even the ones where their habitat's healthy and there hasn't been any encroachment or anything. They still come from such limited ranges that it doesn't take much for their habitat to get destroyed. So I'm glad you have fry. Please raise them. Please distribute them. And if you get a bunch and you want to sell them, I'm always in the market for gadaids. I'd love to buy them from you. Um, I can't take any of the gadaids that have to have it quite cold, but the red tails do great for me. So 
That's not a problem. Orange Coons, are you having a bad tech day? Oh, <laughs> a day without random arms? No, I, I don't think we're having a bad tech day. It's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Any day without random arms is fraught with the possibility of bad tech. That's for sure. <laughs> it is so nice to have someone around that that is an expert in tech. That's for sure. That's uh, it's very helpful. Having someone on the team that can code is just amazing. Okay, we've got oh we're we're. We still got half an hour to go. That's awesome. All right, strap in, folks. We've still got 33 minutes. We have 301 people here. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for spending a bit of your Wednesday evening with us. And uh, while you're here, if you wouldn't mind sharing this out to someone who might be interested in joining, if you know a, a fish freak out there, invite them to join or, or you know, an ex-lover to make it interesting. Curl, I'm sorry, not curl. That is a T, not an L. Kurt. Kurt Bratine. Dan, your Pseudomugil Luminatus arrived amazing. Thanks to you and your team. Is your current stock of red, neon, I'm sorry, red, neon, blue-eyed rainbows from the same breeder? I would have to look at that. I, I don't know exactly which batch you've got, but I'm glad they arrived in good shape. That is one of the coolest fish out there for sure. Oh, excuse me, folks. Mm. I'm Wednesdays is like my Friday. It's just it's like the end of a long week. Not that I get Thursdays off, but whew, by Wednesday I'm just tuckered out. So sorry, had to yawn. Um, Kurt, I don't know for sure. If you would send us an email, hello at dancefish.com, uh, we could look into that and let you know if it's from the same person or not. But I'd have to know which batch you got and look at the current batch and see where they're from. So we do have several suppliers of that fish. Jacob Metzer, what did you learn about Sabwa Resplendent's commercial production? Nothing yet. I, I have emailed and I'm waiting for a response. So, yeah, just waiting for them to get back to me. Not, a, not everyone gets back quickly. Big Shrimpin', a.k.a. Steve C., where do you get your brine shrimp eggs? Ooh, whoever's cheapest is where I get them from. This last time, I think I got them, I think it was someone on eBay, and we bought like a five gallon bucket of, uh, of brine shrimp eggs, just a ton of brine shrimp eggs. Sometimes we go through brine shrimp direct, sometimes, basically I just look and I price them out and I try to find a good deal. As far as quality goes, I don't worry about getting premium brine shrimp eggs. Um, if they have like around a 90% hatch rate, 85% hatch rate, I'm good with that if the price is right. So I kind of look at hatch rate versus price, do a little maths and uh, go from there. But I can't remember. It's not like I have one source that I know is good that I continually buy from. So far I haven't found a bad source of brine shrimp eggs, so I'm not real cautious about it. I just look for price. One day I will. One day I'll be like, that's a bargain, and I'll buy them, and none of them will hatch. And then I'll be like, darn, shouldn't have done that. But, you know, going on close to 30 years here and still haven't had a problem. So I think it's good. <laughs> Johnny, um, 
Let's see here. Johnny's at Salty Creek. Oh, Johnny's talking to Salty Creek, and, and that's our emails, why it said at Dan's Fish. Paul Soltero. Hey, Paul. Hope you're doing well. Cribs are active swimmers and won't take crap from the leopard fish. Okay. All right. So Paul's suggestion is cribs. Do we have any others? It looks like we've reached that section of the chat. Just looking here real quick to see if anyone else had any suggestions. So far, that's the only one I see. Sorry, YouTube's telling me that I should insert an ad, but we're not going to do that. Jacob Metzer, try... Gymnocorimbus Bondi with the Tenopoma. Okay, I have to see what that is. Oh, like a black skirt? Is that a black skirt? Okay. Oh, I see. It looks like a large, kind of deep-bodied tetra. Yeah, I could see that. It's kind of like a silver dollar, but maybe it doesn't get quite so big. Yeah, okay. But yeah, exactly. Something with that kind of body shape but that's big enough is the whole the whole trick to that, I think. Freaky fish lady, are blind cavefish sensitive to light? Oh man, chat jumped. Oh no. Well There it is. Are blind cavefish sensitive to light? I got a new light and they're all acting strange by it. Huh. Ours have a light on, and I haven't noticed any strange acting. <laughs> no one acting peculiar. <laughs> so, I don't know, Freaky Fish Lady. I've never experienced that the blind cave fish, blind cave tetra, I imagine we're talking about tetras here, uh, are bothered by light. Is it just, like, super bright or something? Like, I don't know. I've never experienced it. But my lights are literally, like, cheap little shop lights from Home Depot. That kind of thing, so... They don't put out tons and tons of light. Nathaniel, there's no, I always want to say Virgil, but there's no R. Vigil. Nathaniel Vigil. I have a red-tailed Gudeid colony I'm thinking of selling. Also a colony of rainbow Gudeids. Yes, I would, I would potentially love to buy them if you would reach out and let us know the numbers you have and sizes and all that. Hello at dancefish.com, and yes, that would be awesome. Let's see, the Krakadon lateralis. Um, especially if you have locations with them, that would be, that'd be just the, the frosting on the cake. But yeah, let, please reach out, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com, and we'll see if we can work that out. Uh, Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, should the Congo shipment ever work out and the Boise Puffers fit, I'll have room. Yeah, I've got you in mind. And I, I've actually looked for a few, to a few places for those. I have a friend from back in Las, Los Angeles that uh, is specializes in bringing in really rare fish. And they didn't have any. And he said he hasn't seen them available for a while. But I've been, I've been keeping an eye out Mountaintop. And I'm hoping to bring some in for you. 
Jacob Metzer, do you have any experience with slash what do you think of slime coat replacement products? Why not just use salt? Like, salt will do that too. So that's, that's my gut reaction is I could spend whatever on this bottle or I could put some salt in the tank. Now, maybe you have a nice planted aquarium and you don't want to put salt in the tank because that'll kill your plants. Like, I can see that there's cases where, where maybe you don't want to put salt in the tank. But um, I haven't used, like, slime coat or any of those things in decades. When I first started keeping fish, I did because I didn't know anything, right? And I did what the pet store told me to do. And they could sell me some slime coat, so they did. <laughs> but I don't know. I haven't used any of that stuff in decades. Sam Bone Dallas. Do you think red-eyed tetras or rainbow sharks will go after shrimp? Absolutely I do. Yeah. Wendy is sidetracked. Sorry, Wendy, I got sidetracked. Um, I've read that the honey blue Isudamugil mellus is endangered, but are there any breeders? Do you ever think they'll ever be available? They are so beautiful. Yes, I think they'll be available. Just stay tuned. That's, yeah, stay tuned. We're working on it. I, I know a breeder, and uh, we're working on bringing some in. Now, I don't know the timeline or anything like that for sure, but... That is one I've been after for a long time. I've tried a couple times, and every time they send me Signifer, but which I love Signifer, but not when I've ordered Mellis. <laughs> but I'm, I'm working on Mellis, and I'm working on Reticulatus. Xana, do, do. Valentine's flowers for Brenda or for Team Pizza? Dan's choice, or is it Brenda's choice? If you say Dan's choice, it's really Brenda's choice. Let's be honest. <laughs> Brenda makes me cry in a good way every week. Well, thank you so much for the super chat. And uh, thank you so much for... Yeah, it, it's great when we're having a crazy day and everyone's tired. And it's like, let's just order pizza for everyone. You know, it's then we don't have to all leave and go off to lunch. We can stop have some pizza relax for a minute and get back to work on a busy day it's it's pretty nice so thank you so much and i'm glad you enjoy brenda's uh channel so for those that don't know my wife is a musician um she's what i would call a real professional and uh she has a, a youtube channel my piano my voice and i although occasionally she also plays ukulele and other things and so i'll put a link there if you want to check her out after the stream tonight, at the end of the stream, she'll be uh, doing a premiere of a, of a song, and we can go over there, and uh, I'll be going there right after the stream to listen to her. If you want to join me, you're welcome to. It's only a couple, it's like three minutes, something like that. They're short little songs. Killers, Aquatics, and Reptiles at Dance Fish, are you doing quality control on plants as much as I can? It's a good question. I am brand spanking new to plants. I don't know anything about them. But what we do with the plants before we send them out is we just look at them. Are they covered with algae? If so, let's fix that. Do they, do they have a bunch of like spots on the leaves or something like that? Do they look healthy or not? So 
I just general plant knowledge, not knowing anything about aquatic plants specifically, we look at them, check them out before we send them out. Um, but I am not an expert. So if it's not an obvious thing, I'm not going to catch it just because I don't even know what I'm looking for at this point. So far, I will say, I think everyone that's got plants from us, from the feedback we've got, has been happy with them. But uh, if anyone isn't, please reach out. Hello at dancefish.com or in the chat and let us know, ooh, this was a problem or that was a problem because that's the only way I'm going to learn. I don't have any plant experts here in the area that I can draw on. So if I'm shipping stuff out and people are getting it and there's a problem with it, please let me know. But yeah, in general, we're doing as, as much as we do on the fish, we do with the plants. Although our knowledge of the plants is so much less that it's not probably as effective as what we do on the fish. But I have to say, the plants we have, they look good. Like, I don't know, they're green, they're growing. Um, the other thing, though, is they're all immersed grown. And we get them, we put them underwater, and they have to transition to submerged. And... So during that process, there can be die-off and all that. We generally don't send a plant, though, if it's like, man, this thing is transitioning super hard. Now, every now and then we will. Like, uh, we've had people that have bought plants from us. I think Kelly Foreman's an example of this. And we went to send them, and we're like, ooh, this thing's transitioning hard. It's losing all its leaves. So we contacted, uh, in this case, Kelly. And I can talk about this because she did a, a, a video about it. So it's out in the public. And it was like, hey... I don't know. These don't look good. Like some of them have lost all their leaves. I don't really feel comfortable sending you this. And Kelly was like, it's transitioning. I know plants just send it. So we sent it and hopefully it's doing well. But in general, we, we kind of try not to send plants when they're transitioning really hard. But as far as I know, that's going well. If it's not, please let me know people. Otherwise, uh, Otherwise, I'm just continuing blissfully tripping through the daisies, thinking life is grand, not knowing that, you know, <laughs> that there's problems to fix. Dilamos, ha, I made it. End of stream? Not yet. You're here, so now we have to go longer. Hey, good to see you again. It's been a little while. Glad you made it. Thank you for the refund. I was going to buy more fish anyway. Could just store credit next time. I was the one with the Japan blue guppies that didn't do well. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, we're going to be dealing with the fallout of uh, that day for a while. But sorry they didn't do well. And I know that we could do store credit. But I never want to leave a customer on the hook. Right? I, I don't want to be the, the guy that sends you fish and they all die. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you store credit. But just for the fish. <laughs> Right? You have to, you eat the shipping. I hate that. Or, okay, I'll give you store credit, including the shipping. But now your money's tied up with us and maybe you have other things you need to do with it or whatever. Like, so my take is if something goes wrong, let's just clean the slate. We'll, we'll refund you for the fish and the shipping. Do right by you financially. And that just cleans the slate and then you can just reorder when you're ready. As opposed to like saying... Okay, we'll take care of that, but only in store credit. And now we hold on to your money and you can only use it here. What if the next fish you want to get, what if we're out of the fish you wanted to get and the only other place that has it is like the wet spot or something? Well, you need your money so you can go buy it from them because we're out. Like I can't even send you a replacement. I don't even have it. So 
Um, I appreciate that, and we get that a lot. A lot of people are like, store credit's fine, and I appreciate that. But I don't want to do that to you, so we'll always just refund you and clean slate. And if you want to reorder, you can. And if you don't, you don't have to. Or you know, it just frees you up to do what you need to do. So that's what we do. But sorry again that those didn't do that. I had nothing we could have done about it. But uh, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> Last week still haunts me. Huck, what foods do you have? Have you had luck feeding? Oh, sorry, Huck. I've got to get a drink. Then I'll get to that. This comment in question deserves a drink. Okay, that's better. Try that again. Huck, what foods have you had luck with feeding the L46 zebra plecos? Mine are picky outside of frozen bloodworms. So, when... So you guys are eating frozen bloodworms. Um, I, I, the next thing we transition them to, or add to the diet once they're eating well on frozen bloodworms, is Hikari um, Massivore Delight pellets, big sinking pellets, and some kind of algae wafer. In this case right now, we're feeding the extreme, is it catfish scratcher? Or is it bottom scratcher? I think bottom scratcher is uh, rapashi, isn't it? The extreme uh, catfish scratcher. It's basically their algae wafer. And we'll rotate all those. So still get bloodworms, and the next feeding will give you maybe catfish scratcher, and then the next feeding maybe the massivore delight pellet, and then the next feeding maybe brine shrimp or maybe frozen bloodworms. Um, and we also give coin zucchini. I know they're hypencistrous. I know they're mainly carnivores, but I don't think there's anything wrong with giving them a little veggies uh, to supplement their diet. So we throw that in there as well. We also throw wood in there. I know they're a carnivore, not a wood eater, but I still see them chewing on the wood, so I don't think it hurts. So I would say uh, those are the main foods we feed our, our zebra plecos. Okay, Bunny Viper Aquatics. What is the natural habitat of six barred killies, hardscape plants, flow for breeding, best setup, etc.? Thanks. So I think you're talking about Epiplates by the six bark killies. Let me see if I can show you. Uh, can I find it real quick? Um, I don't know if I can quickly find natural habitat of Epiplates. No, I'm just finding a... I know it's out there. I've, I've found it before. But Epiplates often live in the same kinds of environments that Aphiosimians live in. So think of like a, a dense rainforest, not a lot of light trickling down. You have a stream, probably a very small stream, probably not too deep, maybe up to your knees in the deepest part, maybe only a few feet wide, going down a mountain slope like gently, right? Not, not massive flow by any means, just gentle flow. Um, so in the pools of streams like that, you'll find the Epiplates. And the stream probably doesn't have a ton of plants growing in it, but along the margins, there'll be some plants, or if there aren't, they'll be overhanging like roots from trees and stuff like that. 
And in the bottom of the uh, environment, you'll have a bunch of dead leaves and stuff that have fallen and accumulated. So that's one possibility. Another one, though, is a, a small stream that's in a little more open area. And along the sides, there's lots of vegetation. It might just be grass that grows to the edge and kind of falls over. It might be aquatic plants, but it's often on the margins, just over on the sides of the streams where you get that vegetation and the epiplates will hang out in there. So I, I can't take the time to find some photos or videos of that habitat right now, just because it would take too long and it would be bad television. But if you YouTube like killifish collecting videos or killifish epiplates collecting videos, something like that, You'll see videos of, you know, killifish nerds that have gone out to Africa, to Africa to collect, and you can see the actual habitats there. So that's what I'd recommend you do. Okay, scrolling here. Uh, chat jumped. Hang on, I'm getting there. Jeez, here... There we go. Got it. Chonsworth. Hey, Chonsworth. Where do you get the flubendazole? I can't seem to find a good source and saw you use it for treating some puffers. Yeah, I get it off, off of eBay. It's, uh, it's used as a koi treatment for flukes. Spinster Sister. I watched on a different YouTube channel that fish antibiotics will be pulled from over-the-counter and available only through a vet. Any talk amongst fish pros about what to do? Um, I haven't kept up on that. That happened in Canada. I don't know if that's actually happening here in the United States or not, but it is harder and harder to find fish medications. That's for sure. And I mean, what you do is you use the resources you have left, uh, salt, methylene blue, whatever else you have. But there's certain things we just are not going to be able to treat unless you have a vet locally that will prescribe medication for fish. Not all of us do. Like, uh, I've gone to my local vet to see if they'll help me out with fish, and they're, like, so not comfortable with that. Like, I, I, they don't know, I don't know anything about fish. It's like, there was, like, maybe one section of one class back when I was in vet school, you know, 30 years ago where they talked about fish for a, a class period or two, but, you know, they're just not comfortable doing it. So, hopefully in those cases you live somewhere with a vet on hand, but if not... You just do what you can with what you got, I guess. I mean, if you have a medication that's only going to be treated by antibiotics and you can't get the antibiotics, you're not going to treat the issue, right? Okay. <laughs> I do do is I want the mellus and more signifers. Yep. Like I said, nothing against signifers. I like that fish a lot. But when you order mellus and you keep getting signifers, it gets a little old. <laughs> Leo 209 Aquatics. Have you guys ever considered growing up brine shrimp and selling them like adult size or juvie size? No. We would need so much space to do that. There's, we're not going to become a brine shrimp farm. I think the way to do that is have a big salt lake in your backyard and go collect them from there. I mean, I've raised brine shrimp before out in tubs, out in the backyard and stuff. And I get enough production to every now and then get a scoop and, you know, feed them to my fish. But 
for commercial production, no, that would be you'd have to you'd have to build like a dedicated farm for that. Uh, are you getting any CPDs anytime soon? Yes, we hope so. Yeah, we have a batch that's going through quarantine right now, so we should have some more available pretty soon. <laughs> Patricia, you're killing me. <laughs> Patricia, <laughs> do you have any black neon tetras? If so, do you have both male and female? Oh, I love you, Patricia. I do. But I'm going to refer you to last week's live stream and I think the week before and maybe even the week before for the answer for that. I don't have any. Bare Bottom Aquatics. What tetra would you breed with shrimp in the same tank, both for profit? Let's see here. I would do... What's a tetra that sells for a decent amount and doesn't get too big? Super blue carry tetras. Um, Prycon tetras. Those two pop to mind. Those, those um, Bonita tetras. Orange Bolivian lemon tetras. I'm trying to think of tetras that you can sell for at least 10 bucks, 10 to 15 bucks, and they don't get too big. Those would probably be the best bet. Now the issue with any Tetra is when the when the shrimp molt until the new shell hardens, they're soft and delicious. And a big school of Tetras will just go and eat them up. So you need to have a lot of cover for your shrimp. I like the Lucas Brett's rock piles where molting shrimp can go get away and stay undercover until their new shell hardens. You can also choke like half the tank with java moss. Things like that you could do. But molting shrimp are always going to be vulnerable. And, and baby little tiny shrimp are always going to be vulnerable as well. So I think you can do that. And I think you can get production out of the shrimp. But you need a lot of cover. Because the tetras are going to pick quite a few of them off. Sheller Aquatics. I had a big order of discus and two were DOA. The owner said they would make it up on the next order, just chuckled and didn't order again. Yeah, so when we started Dance Fish, basically, I mean, I had been a hobbyist for, I'm still a hobbyist. I consider myself a professional hobbyist. I stole that term from Rachel O'Leary because I think it's the most accurate way to describe how I feel about what I do. I'm a professional hobbyist. But before I did this for a living, I like I know what it is like to be a hobbyist. I know what it's like to order fish, and have the fish die, and have the company say like, okay, we'll give you store credit, and often we'll give you store credit, but we won't give you credit for the shipping, right? You eat the shipping. So I just, that, I know what it's like to go to checkout and be like, oh, now there's a heat pack charge, and you have to pay for it, and if you don't, we're not gonna send it, even though the fish will die if we don't put a heat pack in there. Or, oh, surprise, here's a box charge at the end. Like, our prices looked good, but now at checkout you're seeing that we just kind of are nickel and diamond you at the very end. Um, so all these things that I hated as a hobbyist buying fish, when we started Dance Fish, I was like, let's just not do any of those. <laughs> like, what are the things that I hate about buying fish? Let's not do that. What are the things that I like about buying fish? Let's do that. So that was really the business plan. 
what a how can we make it so that people enjoy doing business with us? Like you choose you choose the relationship you have with your customers. If you want to have an adversarial relationship where you're always butting heads with your customers and trying to blame them for any problems and being afraid that they're all trying to rip you off and treating them all like criminals, you can do that. But I don't think your job will be very enjoyable. The relationship I want with my customers is like, hey, we're partners in this. We're both trying to do right by the fish. So I'm gonna do everything I can to get you healthy fish. And on your end, your job is to make sure you have an, an environment that's appropriate, that's set up, that's stable, waiting for them. Um, your job is to make sure that you can take care of them when they arrive so they're not sitting out on your porch in the snow freezing for, you know, eight hours or whatever. Um, you know, so together we're going to do what we need to do to give this, the fish the best experience we can. And that takes partnership and that takes communication and that takes a sense of um, we're trying to do something that isn't for me and isn't for you. We're trying to do something for the fish, right? So that's the relationship we're trying to foster. And I think we have. I think we've been successful at that. So, yeah, I, I agree. Here's your store credit. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Man, I, before I knew better, or even when I did know better, sometimes there would be someone that had something I really wanted and I would try and it didn't go well and here's your store credit okay so I try again didn't go well here's your store credit so I try again didn't go well and then I'd finally give up but by then I was like three orders deep I ate the shipping on all of those it, it yeah I just eh, I know what it's like I don't want to be that guy ABC aquatic biotope creations do you ever have any North American natives in stock or any of the cares fish from Mexico? Occasionally we do. Occasionally we're able to get in some stuff like that. Right now we do have Zephophorus milleri. Let's see if it's still available. Do they sell out? Oh, I have to hurry. I have to go listen to my wife sing pretty soon. Yeah, we've got a couple pairs of Zephophorus milleri available. That's one of the Mexican live bears. We have a few gadaids, do we still? I, I don't know. Sometimes we get in some wild type sore tails, um, some gadaids and things like that. So we do we do like that stuff. As far as North American natives, we don't do a ton. We just have rainbow shiners right now. They'll be released later this week and it's the best batch of shiners ever. They're so pretty. They have the blue flecks all over them. They look fantastic right now. Um, but we don't have a ton of North American native fish, but we do have a few. Okay. It's 827. We've got to do a giveaway. So let's do that. This is for some red tuxedo sword tails. And the winner is Jerome Horn. Jerome, you've got two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here. That's how you win. You say in the comments, I'm here or yay or yippee or whatever. But you do have to reply in the comments that you're here. So we know you're here in the next two minutes. If you don't, you forfeit your winnings and we'll draw some, someone else. While we're waiting for Jerome, I'm going to go to the next question here. And I'm going to keep Jerome open on the side here, so as soon as they answer, I can uh, move on. Because I've got two minutes ah, to get to my wife's premiere. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I'm late. I'm late to a very important date. Come on, Jerome. Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> oh man, he's leaving me hanging. All right, scroll in here to find the next one. Whew. Chat jumped big time. Scuba Steve, you all need some OB Mabuna cichlids. Do we? Oh, Mabunas, yeah. I do have some peacocks, just so you know. We have some OB peacocks in right now. And they are on uh, the last video we did. You can see some video of them if you want to see what they actually look like. H highly variable, I would say. Jerome. Now, why doesn't it have the time tick in here? Okay, I think it's been two minutes. I'm calling it. Sorry, Jerome. The winner is now Howdy, partner. Oh, usually it ticks the time. Howdy, partner. Please chime in. Let us know that you're here. Because i got to close this out and get to my wife's... <laughs> get to my wife's premiere. I'm going to be in big trouble. All right, howdy, partner. Don't leave us hanging. Be here. Be here. Well, don't congratulate them yet. They haven't... We don't even know if they're here to win. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Kayla's Aquatics and Reptiles just shared the link to Brenda's uh, premiere. Oh, Jerome's here. Cool, Jerome. Awesome. Is it just not syncing up? Okay, Jerome, since that took... He's here. All right. If Howdy Partner chimes in... I think this just isn't working. Is that what it is? It's somehow not syncing up? Okay, Jerome and Howdy Partner, you've both won. <laughs> Send us an email, hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com with your first name, your last name, and your mailing address, and uh, we'll send you both a pair if we hear from you. Okay, with that, I got to get out of here because I'm late. So I want to thank my moderators. I want to thank my members. I want to thank everyone that threw money at us in Super Chats. I want to thank uh, everyone that was lively in the discussion. I want to thank everyone that's listening in lurk mode. Hail the Lurker Nation. Everyone watching the replay, thanks for watching. And uh, everyone listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. Bye. I got to go. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, see ya. Bye.